Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. are now listening to the playmaker podcast before we get into this episode we want to show some love to our partner stateside vodka i know y'all love to drink and hate hangovers so why not drink something that is gluten-free blended with electrolytes zero sugar zero carbs and vegan if you want to purchase this visit statesidevodka.com and use code playmaker or click that link in the description below um, we hope you enjoyed this episode and once again visit statesidevodka.com and use code playmaker we hope you enjoy this episode delaware valley university i visited that school back in my day i'll talk about that later um, we want to welcome steven adams to the show appreciate y'all having me on man thank you thank you so um let's talk about how you got into football first how have you been? Are you safe, uh, healthy? Well, if you weren't healthy, you probably As wouldn't be, be here. <laughs> but, um, just how you been over these, I guess, what, it's been six months in this pandemic, seven months? How have you been? Yeah, I've been good. Um, you know, been really around family, friends, uh, really just getting back to what's important. Uh, you know, I've been away for these last couple of years at school and, you know, even this past year traveling. So uh, I'm looking at the pandemic as a little bit, of, you know, I'm thankful for it just because put me around my family and, you know, the people I need to be around the most. Yeah, that's definitely important to stick around your people, your family, friends, close friends, because you don't know what all your friends are doing. <laughs> but um, let's talk about your upbringing and how you got into football. I know your your dad uh, coached at Nottingham for a long time. He was actually my freshman basketball coach, if you remember. Um, you probably don't, but I was quiet. Um, but how was <laughs> – I hated Nottingham. Just, that's, my friends weren't there. But – um. How, how was your upbringing coming up in football? Did, was it only football or did you play any other sports? Yeah, so I was actually, uh, I was a baller. I played basketball oh, growing yeah? up. Um, I, I played football um, specifically like when I was like five or six, but nothing too serious to where I thought that would be my future. Mm -hmm. um, I really thought that I was going to be on the hardwood and, and playing with the rock in my hands and whatnot. Um, well, I went to Northern Burlington. Uh, we had moved out there. So I was about to go into 
their program and I started working out and training with them and I'd kind of got away from football. Uh, football wasn't really brought back to me until I had a bad experience at Nottingham with mm. basketball and ended up just finding this little niche in football. Um, started out playing receiver, moved over to quarterback because there was an opportunity and then, you know, we did what we did in high school and um, even going into college was at quarterback and found a new opportunity. So it's kind of moving around, but it's got me to this point where I'm at today. So at Nottingham, did you you played quarterback? But I, I read it was an article back back when um, you were working out on the side punting at, when you were younger. How did that go? Did you right. want to do that? Because <laughs> as we know, a lot of kids, even teenagers, don't want to be a punter. Like right. so, what was that feeling like? Work your dad telling you to work out on punting. How did that? How did you feel when he said? Well, that? I, I I don't mean to correct you, but it was actually no, my mom oh, who was ahead, the one ahead. who wanted me to <laughs> punt the mom, most. Dude. Shout out to mom. Shout yeah, mom, man. she um the the story is funny, man. When I was growing up, um you know all I was really concerned about was the selfish aspect of sports, where it was getting the shine, getting the uh, the notoriety, the recognition, and that came with scoring touchdowns or scoring baskets. You know what I mean? So moving into a position that wasn't as appreciated by the fans, it wasn't something I wanted to do when I was younger. And my mom insisted, hey, you have a leg. This is something you should look into. This is an opportunity for you. Something that just wasn't appealing to me, so I didn't mm. want to touch it. Um, as I got into high school, it became more of a need basis. Like, we had a really good kicker punter my junior year um, and up and through then named Albert Agogo, where it wasn't as much of a priority for me to tap into that because he was so good at what he did. Uh, as I got into my senior year, we had a younger guy coming in and punting. He wasn't as committed to it, so that was something I just kind of did for the team again. Um, had no interest in it, didn't want any parts of it. Um, and then my, my final game against Notre Dame, I punted. Um, and that was the only time through my whole high school career where I got uh, player of the week mm. for, uh, <laughs> for the county. Crazy. So um, <laughs> it was the one game I punted, the one game I got. So it's kind of always been there for me, whether it's becoming from mom or dad or whoever. But um, it was really kind of that moment where I realized, like, okay, well, maybe I should just look into this a little more if this is what's going to come out of it on such a kind of short basis. What made the mental shift? Because being a quarterback, like, as a football fan, that's what, who gets all the notoriety right. even now. Yeah. What made that switch in your mind? Like, all right, I could kick, like, even though losing lot. all the the praise and everything. It took a lot, um, it, especially somebody who had such a big ego in high school. Like, like that was my thing to just kind of talk junk, and that's what I was kind of known for in the area. Um, so it took a big ego adjustment just for me to kind of check myself and be like, what's more important to you? Get the recognition now or get it later. It's going to matter. Um, and, and it didn't – it wasn't really – it didn't – for me, it wasn't really a priority when I got to college. Getting on the field was a priority. Mm -hmm. um, I went through an experience my first year out of high school where I didn't even get to play college football. I was back home, kind of stuck where I was. And just kind of being back around in football at school, it made me just think, I'm not going to be picky. I just need to get on the field and work mm -hmm. from there. Um, so, it, it, you know, like I said, at the forefront was a lot to handle initially when you realize how in insignificant that stuff is and you realize like what the bigger picture and what matters it made it very easy to transition away from that so talking about uh high school what was your biggest or who was your biggest rival or your best game or memory you had in high school uh playing at Nottingham um well the biggest rival was definitely like Steiner or West yeah. you know obviously mm -hmm. it comes with the territory for me personally, it was always Notre Dame. Mm. Uh, Notre Dame, there was just something about the student that went there, or something about the kid that went there that always just really irked me or twisted me the wrong way. Um, I just never – and, and, and listen, hey, I got I got big love for – there's a couple people, friends I've had going there, coaches who have worked there, um, staff. Like, there's a lot of people there who I do have love for. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I 
saw Notre Dame was on the schedule, whether it was football or basketball. Um, it was just tapping into a different mentality. And that's how I, I feel about Trenton High. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you uh, Where did you go? We um we, we went, went to West. Trent Catholic. We went to TCA. Oh, TCA. Okay. I don't know what's going on. My boy we went, went to Trent High. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's iron you. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yo, they are crazy. What's wrong with y'all? Make sure that mic don't drop. Nah, I got you. Um, <laughs> crazy. But oh, we good. But um, I'll edit that out. But uh, how how was it? How did you guys fare in uh, high school? What did you were you guys good um, record wise? How did it go? Um, I mean, for for basketball, I always try to separate the two because I had a lot of success in football that was totally different in basketball, and mm -hmm. I think it was just the product of who was running the program at the time. I'm not going to get too far into that, but ultimately, it just wasn't a good fit from mm -hmm. what I felt was myself and the guys around me. Um, and I think that kind of came to light when Chris Robert took over the program and we moved into a different direction and whatnot. Um, so basketball was always a good situation or excuse me, football was a good situation because we had, you know, my dad, who was what I will say uh, as a player from player coach relationship, not father son relationship um, is easily one of the best coaches to come uh, to be in this area. Excuse mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, seeing the time and the effort and the work he just puts in, um, he always made it easy for us because we, as much as we, as much time as we had to put into the weight room and getting the plays and building that rapport and continuity, he made it easy on the back end where the other stuff was kind of just dealt with and taken care of like a coach is supposed to. Um, so for football, it was really good. I mean, I went, uh, I have the, the most winning record as a starting quarterback at Nottingham. So I would say that's talk. You talk. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. Um, you know, we won our, we got our ring, uh, the only ring in Mercer County history, excuse me, Hamilton history. And then it's, it was the first ring since only Notre Dame who mm. won it in 89. So, um, that was a big mm. feat for me to come back and, and having grown up at that school and to be there and to bring that back for the uh, the alumni and for the school itself and to be a part of that was so big for me and my family. So um, my high school experience was very interesting, to say the least. But, um, you know, being a part of that football program and having the success we did made it very easy to, uh, with everything else. Was that 13? You got uh, Yeah, 2000, 2012 was when we won the uh, title. Yeah. Is that you played with Hampton? Yeah, yeah. Saquon and I graduated oh, okay. together. Yeah. So um, talking about high school again, so you won that ring. Um, were there any, I guess, college looks coming along as you guys were winning or were they just coming to look at certain players? How did that how did your process go with colleges and recruitment? Um, it was definitely underwhelming, to mm -hmm. say the least. Um, you know, I always had a, a bigger uh, envision, something so much bigger for myself. Um, so I, I had a lot of smaller schools, D3s, D1AA's, mm -hmm. that were more interested in me. Uh, not really the big schools. Big schools were coming in to see guys like Saquon, mm -hmm. uh, Jamil, uh, Bailey, who was our receiver at, at the time. And, like, you know, they were stud athletes. So, honestly, like, that's all they were interested in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my dad being the guy he was would get, get us, get guys like me into the uh, meetings with those coaches in the big schools, but they would just – it was like a formality, like how you doing type of thing. So um, for me, my junior year, I didn't have any teams really interested in me but Del Val. Uh, I'd spoke with the recruiter, Nick Brady, there, and uh, we just built a really good relationship from pretty much the moment we sat down and started talking to each other. And um, they were very adamant about getting me up to the school and being around. But, you know, even going into my senior year, I was like, I can still kind of turn this around. I can maybe get a scholarship. I can do something to get my name out there and go to a big school like I wanted. Um, and it just wasn't in the cards for me. I think it was too late in the process, especially mm -hmm. with football. So, um, like I said, it was definitely underwhelming, but it really paid off being making the relationships I was able to make. So 
when did you actually, I guess, commit to DelVal? Was it your senior year after the season or before that? Um, actually, no. I committed to Albright College Albright. initially. And that's what I was uh, alluding to before is when I had graduated and went to went to Albright. I had such an interesting, mm. bad experience just being there. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a good fit, you know, kind of like you were talking about, like being at Nottingham. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't a good fit. Those weren't mm -hmm. my type of people. And Same. Um, I had the same experience. It just was so not Weirdos. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it was just really bad energy and bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll, yeah, talk, sure. I'll talk about that later. But um, it was just bad energy and it made it, it just kind of put me into a hole. Um, I experienced a, a concussion there. Um, that I actually had to medically withdraw. So it was almost like mm. God and taking me out of that position mm -hmm. right there, like telling me, yo, that was you, a you messed right up. There. Right, yeah, exactly. Sure. That was a sign. Um, and then I had gotten in touch with, while I was home, I got in touch with the coaches at DelVal, and of course they were still interested. So um, just kind of had to get the paperwork in and, you know, was able to get in there for 2015, uh, January 2015 is when I started. That's good that you went somewhere you knew it wasn't for you and, you know, nowadays in high, high school players, they love to transfer, but sometimes it's the right or the best decision for the kid because you don't want to be somewhere where you, you become depressed or wasting you talent. wasting mm -hmm. talent and just yeah, you don't want to be too. there. Why not go somewhere where, one, you're welcome, two, you're appreciated, and three, like, that's where you want to be. And I'm glad you, even though you had a concussion and was medically uh, – what was it? Medically excused. Yeah, yes. yeah. But you still made the decision to leave anyway. Right. You know, some people would have stuck it out like, all right, I made the decision to stay, but you still was able to leave. So kudos to you to making that decision. That was a smart decision in hindsight now, yeah, you know? Definitely. Yeah. definitely. I, at the time, you know, with everything just being at the forefront and in my face, you know, for me, it was just what's what's going to be best for my mental right now. And mm -hmm. at first, that was just getting out of Albright and getting out of that situation. After I dealt with that and was able to then shift my mental into what's next for me, what do I want for myself, mm -hmm. that's when DelVal came into the forefront and it kind of just made it easy for me to make that pick, you know, make that uh, switch, excuse me, over to that school. So as we transition to DelVal, how was, how many years did you play there? Four, three? Four. Four, Four years. How was, you know, that first year there compared to your last year? <laughs> Very different. Very and before, uh, you, before you start, sorry, I visited there uh, for to go there for basketball in college, and uh, I went there, phone didn't have service, I didn't want to go back. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't have came back either. <laughs> for a full ride, your phone didn't have service? It was a full ride? Well, it, for me, it's D3. They give you some, you know, financial aid. It would have yeah, been, yeah. been, been accumulated to that. But still, yeah. like, yeah. no, no own service. Own what, own what am own I doing? Well, you gotta, it's not <laughs> for those who haven't that. been there, it's on a farm. So it's really not, like, it's really not anywhere, like, when you go to the school and you just see the school itself, you're like, this is this is it. Like, you know, it's kind of oh, like I one see of those. What you're saying. You know what it's literally so on a farm? It's on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> they are an agricultural school. So oh, okay. that was a serious question. I've never been no, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's why I wanted to clarify because I get what he's come, what he's <laughs> oh, saying yeah, yeah, from yeah. when okay. you get there and you're on the campus, like it's very much like this is college, like okay, like, you know, it's kinda mm -hmm. it's a little underwhelming, but the school itself and uh, you know, it's the people who are nice, there. Jim's nice, yeah. you know, they got good facilities. Um, it's the people who were there for me that made it very easy over my, like the time I was there. And that, you know, I, I alluded to it again earlier. Again, I'll say like, it's all about energy for me. And the energy was just right from the moment mm -hmm. I stepped on campus. Um, I was put into a, a dorm room around just a great group of people. Uh, still some of the guys who are my best friends up to date. So we're talking four or five years removed. Um, 
And that made, like I said, that made it easy to go into the, like, to get back into the gym, to start grinding again. Like I had taken that whole first semester off and I was home and I was training and I was working, but it's different when you're around people who have that same energy and that yeah, same desire sure. and that same fire. So mm-hmm. when we were all in there together, whether we were hitting the field, whether we were hitting the gym, whatever the case may be, like, it was just so fun. And I would like, I felt like I was getting back to me, getting back to the old ways mm-hmm. and like all that. So that, that from the jump was like a win for me. Like right away I was comfortable where I was and I wasn't worried about anything else. You know, it wasn't football season, so there was nothing to stress over. So like I said, the transition part was easy. As we got into the season, you know, I was still playing quarterback at the time. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking like, I'm going to still play quarterback. I'm going to win this job. The job was open. Um, But then like I started to realize like athletically speaking, I had taken a step back. Like that whole semester off, like as young as I still was, I was 19. Like I just felt like I was missing something that these new guys. Yeah, the thing, 19, but you'd have been playing all your life. The miles you done put on your body at 19 is kind of compared to putting miles on your body as a 25-year-old. Like when I was in college playing ball, I was 23, but I'm like, dang, I done put miles on my body like I'm 30. So, yeah, in that sense. So I just just felt like I was a step behind, and I felt like, you know, if I was going to get on the field, like – it wasn't going to be right away like I wanted. Like, I sat the year out, and, I like, I just honestly had to be brutally honest with myself and just understand the situation for what it was. I wasn't at the same degree as an athlete as these other guys were. So it was, okay, how can I just get onto the field? I was sitting around fourth or fifth on the depth chart. I'm thinking to myself, damn, I'm going to sit out another year. I cannot yeah, do that's this. Tough. You and lose you eligibility. You lose the eligibility. Mm-hmm. In yeah, the process, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, like, this is it's another shit situation. And then, sure enough, um, coaches come to me and they, they start talking about punting and they're saying hey like the punter position's open if you want it it's yours like we see you got a leg we we know coming in you had a leg like you can just pump for a year and if you want to go back to quarterback in the spring we'll arrange that and figure it out then so all right I'll pump for the year because the point was to get on the field I was going to be in the locker room like I was going to be able to experience college mm-hmm. football the way I always wanted to which is not just being there but actually playing and contributing mm-hmm. Um, and that first year was awesome. Like I met like the older guys took care, like they took me under their wing. Um, they really looked out for me. They they understood. I took my job seriously, and I wanted to work and I wanted to win. Like I understood I was playing punter, but I'm here to win. I don't care if I play. Like I, I can. There were games I sat out the whole game, didn't care because we were winning and celebrating with these guys. And you know, as that kept building throughout the years, and we got closer, and we had you know other guys come in and whatnot. It just like it was a perfect fit for me. And like these guys really brought the best out of me. Being at Del Val was the perfect environment for me because they wanted to be great and I wanted to be just as great as them. So ma- I had to match their energy and that brought out the best of me. Correct. Yeah. I've been in, a, I played basketball two years, but I was in college six. So I lost some years of eligibility, a lot of things. And when you got to look in the mirror and be like, man, I'm not as good as I once was, what can I do? That's a, that's a tough situation to be in when you was an athlete and you was a star at one point. So it's humbling, but I think it, definitely help you and now you lose character yeah you got a lot of character you got a lot of respect for the game and you know now you in a position to get to your ultimate goal right so and I think I think that was just like a part of my process like I look back and I say without that experience will I would I be here today would I have had the success I had correct you know following that and it's an easy answer and it's no Mm -hmm. like if I didn't take the time and put that into myself and my emotions. Like, I feel like as a man, like, you know, often it's very frowned upon to speak on your emotions and talk about, like, your feelings and, like, just get, but getting all of that out and having the team around me and being able to just communicate every day and, like, be myself, like, that just made it so much easier moving forward in my process. And, like, I just, again, like you said, I feel like it made me better on the back end for it. Correct. Just to jump back real quick, kids, if you're listening, 
make sure you even though you may be you want to be the quarterback, the receiver, the running back, sometimes that position that many people overlook is maybe the best position for you and might give you more opportunities. So I just wanted to throw that out there because like he said, he was a quarterback in high school. Receiver, like he did it all. Receiver and then turned into a punter and he was an all American. Like things Two times. I'm sorry. Two times. I did say that. Talk your shit, Brosy. Two times. I only Humble say that rat. because I'm I'm very I'm very proud of what I accomplished mm-hmm. in, in college. Like I was a step behind of a lot of the guys who are already in that position. Like you got to think when you're a college athlete, like you're pretty much going up. Like those people who have put their entire lives into their craft and to get to that point. Like I was just the new guy on the block. Like just learned the position. You know, really didn't even have a position coach my first two years, taught self taught, like got mm-hmm. myself to that place where it was like, this is my thing. And when I was when I got that all American honor, the, the both of them, it was like it it was so rewarding. It was that self fulfillment. It was like mm-hmm. I worked so hard for this. I know what I put into this to get this to get the product I wanted out of it. it was like now I'm at the point where it's just like I, I I acknowledge it for what it is. That was your work, that's your body of work, that's your craft. Take pride in it. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. I I watch a, a podcast. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with it. It's called I Am Athlete with Brandon Marshall, um, Channing Crowder, Fred Taylor, right? and Ocho Cinco. And they had I forget the kid's name. He was a punter, black punter. He uh, had a YouTube channel. Destroying. Huh? His name's Destroying. Yeah, he's a okay. kicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kicker so punter, yeah. basically, what I'm getting to is they were talking about how like well, Channing Crowder was saying like a punter isn't really a football athlete. So to speak. So how how do you feel about that? Say, someone saying that was in the NFL saying that a punter isn't like an athlete. They don't work out as hard. They don't. That's messed up. Like, yeah, how do you feel about that? It's respectful. I mean, it is. It is. It, it's kind of like the whole approach to the position in general. Like mm-hmm. when you're a specialist, whether you kick, punt, long snap, like you're perceived to be soft. Like, and a lot of people think you pick that position because you're, you don't want contact. Like, you don't want to be part of it. That's not the case whatsoever. I mean, some of the biggest, most athletic, toughest guys I've met to date are all kickers and punters. Like, I, I get one example is uh, Corey Vedvik. Corey Vedvik has been, you know, on a couple different teams these last year. But if you see Corey and you see his body of work and, like, like how he looks, like, he's a freak athlete. Like, he was a soccer player who decided to play football. Like, mm-hmm. Again, I just think it's the it's the approach to the position. Like, we're not interested in contact. We're not interested in work. Like, we just want to chill. But, like, if you're really paying attention to what we do, like, it's, it's a very – it's very demanding of your body. It's just in a different way. Like, if you are a lineman, it's very important for you to bench press and to be big because you're taking on a lot of pressure at once. Correct. Whereas, for me, I'm not going to go in there and throw around 225, 250 pounds. Like, there's no point for me to put my time into that. There's more, it, there's, I'm going to get more out of doing hip workouts and stretching and being more detailed in, in body weight movements and stuff to that degree, because that's going to make me most effective in my position. Like people just want to go in and throw 300 pounds on the squat bar and look at you and say, and, and say, that's what makes you strong. Well, that's not necessarily the case, especially if that person who's squatting 300 pounds can't move laterally like me, can't move vertically like me, can't move like me in general. It's just a different way I'm training. So Again, it's all the perception, but it's also, like, it's just looking at it for the reality. Like, you have to be athletic to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm lifting my leg over my head every single time I kick. I'm right. exploding at least, you know, five, six inches off the ground. Like, there's just a different way I'm displaying my athleticism that, like, to the human eye, to the naked eye, excuse me, like, you're not going to catch it right away. Mm-hmm. But if I were to give you a breakdown and a video and you can see every part of my movements the way I watch film, 
you'd be like, wow, man, like that takes some serious. And if and if any of those professional athletes, the wide receivers, just took a time and be like, all right, let me see if I could kick. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think they'll have a whole Chicken different, perspective. Yeah, a different perspective. Like, I'm sure they like, probably <laughs> kick thirty yards. Yeah, sure probably, probably kick fifty, sixty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but. Yeah, but it's just like it's just looking at it like oh it's just so simple you're kicking a ball but when you look at the I details in it and it's just like 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 the most minuscule mu- uh, movements excuse me can just throw off a whole rep like mm. that changes your perspective towards it and you're like okay well like not only is this super critically detailed but it also takes a lot out of them athletically to perform what they're doing and that's an abnormal movement a kicker doing like a wide receiver not kicking a leg over the head right or any type of thing their hands yeah right. you go, not saying that's easy either right. but it's, it's just like i think it's more of a respect thing when you're in any profession yeah, that was you know yeah, so i think yeah i think i, I paraphrase but that's what no that, but that's basically yeah, what he was saying because yeah, yeah. the guy destroying on there I, I don't know if y'all he was made a youtube channel but he was still in college so he's yeah, making money I, off I youtube and stuff bit. yeah so so I'll be watching him, and he be doing, like, wide receiver workouts. I'm like, man, he's athletic for a kicker. But it's yeah. not just for a kicker. Like, he's athletic, period. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And that's just, like I said, it's all about how, you, how you're going to look at it. Like, you, you classify him as a kicker, and then you're going to look at him as a kicker. You know what I mean? It's like, it's no different than if I hold you to the standard of only being a point guard or a shooting guard or whatever it is. Like, if a, sh- if a point guard like Russ, for example, is super athletic and does things like a center, you wouldn't anticipate him to do that from looking at him. It's going right. to take for you to see it. To be like, oh my gosh, okay, like he's like he's like that. It takes a lot out of him to play like you know what I mean? Like mm. it's just all about how you're gonna look at it in the forefront. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they back in my day they had me on a line. I played one game and I was out of there. But <laughs> I, I play football. I don't, you, I don't know if you I don't know if you guys wanna have I play football. I play football too. I play football too. Oh, I was on the line, <laughs> flag football. All <laughs> I wasn't wasn't all American, but I made the all star team. He wasn't a center, I hope. Nah, I was like a defensive end. I was a defensive end. Get that joke. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, on that note, we're going to head to our sponsor, and when we come back, we'll talk about what Steve has going on now, what, what he has coming up, and uh, and some advice he has for future kids. <laughs> but, yo, yo, crazy. And we're back. Um, my question is, uh, what kind of workouts um, do punters, you know, like what, what do they do on a daily basis to keep their, uh, I guess, like stay sharp? And who were some punters that you looked up to during, I guess, your college career or try to take some notes from? Uh, yeah, well, the first part of your question, um, you know, for the workout specifically, um, a lot, it might be misunderstood, but you can't go out and kick all the time. Like, I can't go out every day and kick. It's just going to put too much stress on my leg, and eventually you're, you're just going to overdo it, and it's going to do too much. So um, it's finding ways to still work my technique while I'm not swinging my leg. So a lot of that comes from just different movements, whether it's it's with the ball, whether it's just with my, my feet and just – merely making sure I'm paying attention to the details. That's what I, you know, I coach a few kids around in the area. And, um, you know, that's just what I try to emphasize to them is like the details are, you're going to get more out of that than just going out there and kicking. So number one, um, you know, it's really working my technique. Um, and, and again, like you would with anything else, just trying to perfect the craft, you know, not overdo it. Uh, number two with the workouts, I mean, they're pretty like standard workouts like you would for any type of football player or athlete in general. Um, more explosion stuff than anything else, trying to get the hips because that's where a lot of your power is going to come from. Um, and, and, you know, that's really it. Workout-wise, I mean, it's pretty much as formal as it can be. Um, it's just different, you know, different tweaks to different things um, just to specify the specific muscles you need. Um, and, and then finally, the second part of your question, 
uh, there's two punters specifically that like I looked to um, when I was in college, and Marquette King was one of them. Uh, Marquette, uh, as you just said, like he he was swaggy with it. Like he brought out that swagger. Like it just again like made it different to be a punter. That's something I always took pride in. Like you look good, feel good, play good. Like I would go out there trying to look my best because I knew that was going to get the best out of me. If I'm gonna look it, I gotta play like it. So um, he was definitely one of them. And then the other guy, like more technical. Um, was Johnny Hecker from the Rams. Um, you know, he's, he's more like me. He's a redhead, you know, tall guy. So, you know, he was just somebody who I was very familiar with, uh, somebody I, who I knew was just a consistent all-pro, consistently good at what he did. So um, I studied a lot of his film and, and you know, essentially tried to be like him and, and do what he does. I got a lot of respect for kickers. I've been a football fan, like, my whole life. But now, like, even when I we're talking about the other podcast, hearing his story, now hearing your story, it's like, wow, like, you guys really – take pride in what you do and is really y'all really are athletes and not, not not to lie and say I didn't have respect but I never looked at it like oh, okay he's a punter but like the Super Bowl could come down to a, a field goal it can come down to uh if a, a punting putting you in a certain field position so it's like that's that's what's up that you was able to be a quarterback understand like mm, this may not be what I need to do right now and put all your eggs into kicking and now look I think yeah. that comes with maturity though yeah for sure for so. sure I can't. I can't <laughs> promise you, young Steve would have did that. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Young Steve in high school, like I said, man. Quarterback like, Steve, you wouldn't. Quarterback been, Steve yeah, was man. a was a menace. He was so, <laughs> oh, he was man. just focused on on getting his. Um and and you know, like I said, I, as I have matured and I've had this time, you know, taken away from football and then being back in, it's just uh, you know, I have a great appreciation for for every position and especially you know the kicking position. I'm very thankful that you know I can try and change the culture and the the outlook on it. So now that you're training and getting ready for, you know, a camp soon, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, what's your daily routine? Uh, I guess I don't, daily routine every day. So do you work out every day or do you work out every other day? How does that go for you? Um, I try to work out at least four times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, so keep it at, you know, at least the majority of the days. Um, I, and I try to kick, you know, the same amount. So if I'm not if I'm off. From kicking one day, I'm going to make sure I lift and do a little extra lifting. If I'm off from lifting one day, I'm going to make sure I'm doing extra kicking. Um, if I'm doing both one day, then I'm probably going to be more technical with my details and whatnot. So it's training every day in some fashion, whether I'm kicking or lifting. Um, the most consistent thing I, you know, I'm really been adamant about and really been working on is my nutrition. Mm. Like, I was just about to ask you. Athletes, athletes, like, you know, especially pro athletes, like, you know, they take a lot of pride in their bodies and, and treating their bodies, putting the right fuel into in, into the car, you know. So that's essentially how I'm looking at it. Like, I'm putting the right things in my body so I can function the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I've seen – that's where I've seen the biggest difference, whether, you know, that and sleep, making sure I'm eating right and sleeping well, that's where I've been able to be most consistent with my production on a daily basis. Yeah. Besides Ocho Cinco, he talks about eating McDonald's. But he was like, really arguing with Brandon Marshall. <laughs> but he's a different there. type of athlete. So. Again, he's yeah. a different type of human. Yeah, But he doesn't drink or, like, do, like, smoke. So I guess it balances itself out, I guess. So he eats bad. He doesn't do <laughs> eat McDonald's every day, though? That's what he said. He he would eat McDonald's mm, every so. every not every day, but, but like, like majority of the week. Yeah. But he had McDonald's. he had um like he didn't eat healthy. He had the raw receiver from the Seahawks on there. He said he eat McDonald's breakfast. Yeah, he said he, he eat uh, McDonald's breakfast. But I mean they work they working out. They're millionaires. He's a freak athlete. Yeah. Too. yeah. yeah. 
Different, different type of <laughs> different, <breed. laughs> different like, breed. But like he's saying, kids out there, your nutrition, you got to start it now. Not a diet, nutrition. Just yes. putting things in your body and anything that you like to eat, you can always make a healthy alternative. That is the biggest difference. It's those two words. Like when you say diet, people are like, whoa. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What do you mean I diet? It's well, expensive. <laughs> but when you say nutrition, it's like, oh, I'm just focusing on what I'm eating. It's like, or even just putting it into your body. It's like just... Or smaller portions. Yeah, like yeah. Just little details of, of what you're doing on an everyday basis. Like, even if you're not a clean, like, super clean eater, like, if you're still put applying something with vitamins or anything where it's just like mm -hmm. you're applying something positive nutritionally, mm -hmm. then you could still be speaking on nutrition, not a diet. You drink Correct. some water or something. You eat yeah. a cheese you're still, steak. Yeah. You get a whole <laughs> T-bone steak. Just get a glass. You know, try glass to balance it out. <laughs> put the lemon in there. Don't put no butter on a steak or nothing. Just, <laughs> I need all that. Mashed potatoes, and the eggs, too, crazy. Sorry, but um, so okay. let's talk about what you have coming up. Um, you can talk about it. I'm. I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, yeah. So, uh, coming up this month at least, I'm. Uh, I, I train with um a coach named Mike McCabe in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I was able to connect with him through one of the camps I had gone to when I was fresh out of college. Uh, it's called the College Gridiron Showcase. He runs that event. So, um, I linked with him there. That was the first time I met him. Following that camp, he wanted to bring me in and have me you know training with him right away so once i was done my classes i shot down with him and started training with him mm -hmm. been with him the last year um and you know that was the one thing that i've really felt like i lacked when i was at school was just like not, not having that coach not having that consistency in training where i was getting that detail oriented responses that were helping me grow on an everyday basis yeah so when i got with him i saw huge like just huge jumps from where i was kicking whether it was the distance or the hang time of my kick it was like night and day difference from the jump. Um, so I've been with him the last year and I'll be with him this next month. Um, March 5th is when I'll fly to Arizona um, and out there in the Phoenix area. I work with another coach, his name's Gary Zahner. He hosts a, um, it's pretty much just like like the combine for specialists, um, free agent specialists. So um, whether you're a rookie just coming in uh, fresh out of college or if you're a free agent now, he hosts uh, both events at the same time and you guys go out there and you'll kick in front of all 32 teams in the NFL, some CFL teams, uh, you know, you got the um, XFL as well. Um, you know, so different different teams send different representatives to come and watch you. You'll kick in front of them. Um, and if they're interested, they'll bring you in for workouts afterwards. And if not, then, you know, you just go about your business. So I know I know the NFL is the, not the end all be all, but where everybody wants to be as a football player. Do you, would you, do you see yourself go, making a, a CFL team or XFL team? And if so, would you accept that job? I'm sure you would, but I want to get your answer. Yeah, no, I would definitely accept any opportunity I can get. Um, you know, I don't think I'm above mm -hmm. playing in any different league. Um, obviously, NFL is the dream, and that's mm -hmm. the goal, and that's where I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think, like, mentally, like, I'm not in that position where it's, like, NFL or bust. Mm -hmm. um, if the CFL were to come with an offer, if the XFL were to come with an offer where I would have the chance to play ball again, like that's really all I want right now. Mm -hmm. um, as much as I am focused on, you know, making money and moving into that like next phase of my life, I'm also concerned with the fact like this is still just something I've always wanted to do my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to overlook my dream for dollar bills. Like, yeah, you know, I, sure. I think I've established a, a solid foundation outside of sports where I don't or I'm not just reluctant on these paychecks, like, you know, I'm not, excuse me, relying on these paychecks. Um, so for me, it's just an opportunity to live out my dream and, and to accomplish my goals. So whether it's NFL, CFL, XFL, I'm just very, very welcome to any opportunity. What is your mindset going into this? Like, now this is a different, like, now you got NFL scouts there, all these different scouts there. It's real serious now. How, do, how is your mindset? Um, I mean, for me, it's just another day. Like, it's just another blessing and another opportunity to work. 
um, to still even have, you know, be now going into my second year out of school and to still have these opportunities. Like, I, I wasn't even supposed to be here from the jump. Like, I, I was, like we've talked about, I was a basketball player, transition to football player, quarterback, transition to punter. Like, you know, the fact that I'm even out here with these guys who have, like, like I said, trained their whole lives, been doing yeah, this been since they, their whole life, yeah, yeah. been doing this since they were like 10, 12, 15 years old. Like, and I just started this when I was 19, 20, like to be here at these camps competing with these guys, like it's a blessing. So like, I, I, I try not to overcomplicate it and overlook it. Like I know it's a big setting and there's a lot of important people there who will dictate what happens with my career mm -hmm. or not. But ultimately I'm just thankful and happy to be there. And I know if I go in there and do my thing and do what I'm supposed to do, then the rest will take care of itself. You got there by hard work or like, how proud are you of yourself? Like, I know a lot of people be like, oh, I'm proud of you, but. I mean, I've joked about it before, but I, I, I am very proud of myself. Like, I've I've come a long way, and I don't mm -hmm. just mean that as an athlete. I mean that as, a, like, just a man in general. Correct. Um, watching myself mature and, and really just grow through this process and, and just understand values, like, that are so important that I'm going to take out of this game. Like, like, that to me is going, it means so much more to me than any opportunity or anything right. else it's just everything i can take outside of that and and apply into my everyday life right absolutely so i, I know you're you're going to get a contract for next season whether it be nfl xfl cfl but if you don't is there a window you're giving yourself where you're like all right i'm i guess done trying to make this dream come true and now i'm just gonna get i don't want to say a regular job but find a career some in something else yeah i um you know i've, I've kind of already exceeded that that window <laughs> if you know, like i started with the mindset that you know i was going to go to this camp twice um last year being the first time if i needed to come back this year then that's what i was going to do um so that's that's where my head's at like right now i'm just very focused on like what's in front of me and mm -hmm. what i got to handle here right. um and then kind of worry about the the other stuff on the like once i get there but um, if that, if I cross that, if I have to cross that bridge and, and, and that's just what comes, you know, I definitely want to get into, uh, into teaching. I have my teaching degree. Um, definitely. I mean, I've been around coaching my entire life and, mm -hmm. and schools my entire life. So, um, I definitely want to give back. I've already started to, um, coaching at, uh, coaching individually. And then, you know, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I do a camp over the summer, uh, football camp, um, in Hamilton with, with kids from the entire area. So, um, that's always something I wanted to tap into and something I, I will tap into eventually. You know, I'm mm -hmm. not sure when it's going to be, but, um, you know, I do have that, you know, ready for ready to go into um, if this year doesn't pan out. Okay. So we know you're going to do well at these camps. Um, but before we let you go, a couple more questions for you. What's what's some advice you would give, I guess, a kid coming up in the football on a football field, whether whether they're a quarterback receiver or one of those positions where you talked about a long snapper, a punter, what's some advice you would give them um, coming up knowing or not knowing how they can make it to that next level? What's some advice you would give? Um, be comfortable, uh, be coachable. Number one, like you, you have to have the right mentality, and that starts with your mentality going in, like, like not, not thinking you're better than everybody, not, not looking at like, like a very bleak or like, you're going to be the man, score all the touchdowns, do it, like get all the recognition. Cause that stuff doesn't matter. It's, it's applying what really matters. And number one is being able to be coached by the people who are going to be coaching you. So having an established mentality going in, um, you know, number two is being open. Like, like don't, don't, and when I say being open, I mean like like just being open to everything, being receptive to your teammates, uh, being open to position changes, um, just being flexible in general because you're going to have different forms of adversity that pop up, whether it's with a coach, with a teammate, with a parent, with a schedule, whatever the case may be. 
um, you're going to have different adversities. So it's hand, it's not only putting yourself in a position to handle that adversity, but when it comes, not letting it be too much or overtake the moment for what it is. Because again, these are just sports, and I know like there's a lot of good things that could come out of sports, but in hindsight, eventually you're going to have to give it up, whether you get to play professionally or not. Like it's going to come that point in time. So you want to make sure you're somebody with high character outside of sports, where you can apply these different things that you're going to learn during your time there into your everyday life that's going to make you a, not only a successful person like in the business or in your job or in your career, but just a successful person in your friendships and your relationships and, you know, the stuff that really matters. Yeah, very important, very important. So speaking about adversity, let me give you all an example of me and then we'll ask around uh, <laughs> what y'all been through. Um, adversity regarding sports, I don't know if I wasn't coachable, but coaches didn't, I guess, I don't want to say didn't like me. They didn't but like, like you. I gave a poker face all the time. So, so they didn't like that you. poker face, I didn't give them a reaction. So they thought I was like trying to be smart or whatnot. Poker face. Y'all, y'all know who I'm talking about, but yeah, but um, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Uh, a coach when I was younger, I forget who it was, but he told me like, just keep a poker face, don't let, don't show emotion. But that kind of backfired. <laughs> he set my, you up. In my first couple years of high school and, and college, but eventually I learned how to speak up. Like, like you said it before, showing emotion, like just letting the coach or assistant coaches know like what's going on what I'm going through, just so they know, like, oh, Reg is not having a good day. Like, let's lay back off of him a little bit. So in college and high school, that was, like, some adversity I had to go through where besides failing off. But that's another that's day. A, yeah, that's but um, that's just something I went through um, in college and high school. Um, yeah. I mentioned it a little bit, my, my – uh, my, my difficulties being eligible and it was uh, – a lot of the time it wasn't my fault. Like, my grades, it was – uh, credits it was a lot and um I thought about just like I pl- I was at school for two and a half years without ever playing basketball so I was thinking in my head I'm like I'm done I guess basketball isn't it it never deterred me from b- finishing school because I'm like I started school I'm gonna finish but um I was at my lowest points not playing basketball and I'm like man it's my fault but I think the moment that my teammate called me and told me I was eligible to play it clicked like bro it was never basketball it was me trying to put myself in a position just to be better like my mentality in high school, like, I wasn't playing, so I'm like, uh, I wasn't the best teammate. So I feel like the basketball guys was like, God was like, let me take this from you and show you, like, it's more to the game than just you. And all that complaining that I did in high school about not playing is stunted me in a way. So I would tell any any young players out there, like, if you're not getting playing time <clears throat> and you feel like you're working and you're giving 100%, Maybe you're not giving 100%. Go hard. Maybe you go harder. Now, if in the case and you feel like you're going 100%, you're going above and beyond, you're doing everything you can do, now you have to sit back and try to see if that school is a fit for you. But don't run from the hard work and and, and the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through as an athlete. And, and those years of not playing really showed me, like, man, I took basketball for granted. And when I got it back, it was just it was just one of the amazing feelings and I got it back. I didn't play that much my junior year. Mind you, I sat out two and a half years. So I wasn't I wasn't the same player. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as strong as I once was. So now you gotta try to gain all that back in a short span of time. So I didn't play that much my junior year. You go through trials and tribulations as that. But my senior year came along, new coach, new new support, and I had one of the best seasons ever. But you know, I look back and see that, you know, I took basketball for granted. It got taken away from me, but I was able to gain it back. And any kids out there, your education comes first. 
if I wasn't playing in high school, joking around, maybe my grades would have been better and I would have been eligible and I would have never went through all these hurdles that I had to go through with credits and your grades and your SAT score. So be, be mindful that, you know, you won't be a good athlete if you always got on your mind, oh, my grades, my grades is going to stunt your, your growth in some way. So, yeah, um, not playing those years really helped me understand that, you know, you got to put your best foot forward in the classroom, number one, because you're not going to get anywhere without education. So that was just, you know, something like. That was good. I mean, I didn't really deal with uh, oh, yeah, adversity. Oh, you a star, right? <laughs> not to toot my own horn, but, you know, the only sport I didn't really <laughs> succeed in was basketball because I just played because Reg and all them was playing. But um, when it came to baseball, I really didn't. I think the only thing I really dealt with was politics. Mm-hmm. Like we I talked said about that last week. Like I said, I Brandon. I was a, uh, you know, I was a walk on at Mercer. It was like they was already doing spring training already. Okay, I, see I just saying. came out of nowhere. Like I was in my eyes, I probably was I wasn't the best offensive mm-hmm. outfielder, but defensively, I was the best one on the field. But when you got kids that you giving scholarships to and all mm-hmm. that, like I don't know. I guess you can't play somebody that just came here and walked on. So. I'm, well, it is a good it is. coach would know the best player plays, but <laughs> yeah, but I don't think the coach really, you know. Hey, I would just, yeah, if I can just if I can just add like you know something that really stood out, you know, to me is just you know number one, I think when I was really to elevate myself and something I would love to pass on to the kids and like the younger generation is just to understand time management. Like mm. there are so many hours in a day, and actually Eric Thomas, the motivational speaker, he talks mm-hmm. about this all the time. Is like how much time you really have in a day and how much time you really waste in a day. And, like, you get a whole 24 hours. Like, that's 60 times 24. Now, I'm not good at math off the top yeah. of my head, so I'm not going to know, but I'm just going to say that's Y'all a lot it. of minutes. I was about just throw I was number out. It, <laughs> but it's 24. <laughs> off the top, no, but that's a lot of minutes. And it's just understanding, like, if you care about what you're doing, regardless of what your craft is, whatever you deem your passion, your craft, whatever it is, if you're putting your time into that more time than you're not, then you're going to get good results out of it. What you put in is what you're going to get out of it. And that's a cliche. I know a lot of people say that, but that is the God's honest truth. Like if you put in 10%, you're only going to get 10%. But if you go 100, 24, seven, three, six, five, you're going to get a hundred back. Like it's impossible. Good things come to those who work hard. So put your time into what matters and you will see that you really only need an hour, two hours, three hours a day to go into your craft. And if you do the math, that's 21 hours left to do whatever you want. So make the sacrifices, man. Make the sacrifices early because it's going to pay out later in the end. Oh, Thanks. wow. We're going to end it on that. So yeah. every episode... Blessings. Uh, <laughs> Blessings. Every episode we ask all our guests um, this question. I'm sure you're aware of it, but um, the question is, and your answer, you have to somehow help us get that person on. It'll make sense when I ask. But um, who should we have next as a guest on the Playmaker Podcast? And it, it can be sports related. It doesn't, they can have like a business or just anything, anybody that's doing something positive for the community themselves or something like that. Um, yo, I listen, I don't know if he would do it, but I think Keith Zimmerman <laughs> is a name that you should absolutely look into. Okay. Uh, Keith Zimmerman is a current football coach at Nottingham High School. Mm. Um, but the things he does outside of Nottingham and what he does for really the entire community, entire Mercer County football specifically has been unmatched. Like the energy is just unmatched. So he, I mean, I I can just tell you from personal experience, when I was in high school, I really struggled to put film together to send it out to coaches. And what Keith has done a great job of is not only finding these kids who are looking to play at the next level uh, via Twitter, 
but he's also going on their pages, sharing their film with coaches, reaching out to other coaches, even though they're not a part of his program, still reaching out to other coaches, trying to get these guys in Mercer County, whether it's Ewing High, Trenton High, um, West, Steiner, whatever the case may be, he is working his tail off to try and get people opportunities outside of high school. And I think that is that should not continue to go unnoticed. Keith, if you're watching this, man, you're doing an exceptional job. Um, and if you can get on this podcast and speak we, we to We can do guys, a virtual a virtual. Uh interview as well if need be because we're we're in, we're in a pandi- pandemic <laughs> so i know no I he he absolutely would be he's he's a great person got great character he's a good personality so um he's a little older than us but mm. i'm telling you the impact he is making on these kids lives every single day um it, for me i'm not it's i'm not letting it go unnoticed and i think it needs a, a bigger spotlight in the county because um he's helping change kids lives man i think that's awesome Keith, we'll be reaching out. Um, so b- before we wrap this episode up, I don't know if you want to give your Instagram page or whatnot so they can follow your journey or whatnot. Are, or do you here. have an Instagram for you, just like your sports? Uh, your I mean, it's all the same. Okay. Um, I've kind of, I've kind of uh, cleared my Instagram mm. a little bit out. You yeah, know, start, just did start a little, over, little man. Start right? You know, you know. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm active on there. I post all the time. Um, you know, regardless if it's sports or it's been a part of you know the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, mm. you know. I, just try to share content and, and try to make a positive change on the people who follow me. So, you know, I'm not all sports all the time mm-hmm. for any viewers watching who are, who might be thinking that. So if you want to give me a follow, it's I Stevo uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, it's I S T E E V E O. Um, I'm not a part of team, uh, team follow back. So I don't follow back everybody, but no, no, I, I'll show love. And, and, and Hey, if you heard, if you heard my story and, and you want to reach out and, and just chop it up and, and there's any information I could pass along, or if there's any way I could even help you personally, um, you know, I'm the type to do that. So don't hesitate and, um, you know, definitely feel free to reach out. Once again, we want to thank Steve for, you know, showing up and giving us some of his story. Um, I'm sure he has a lot more and we can when he comes back from these workouts, we can have him back on to find out how it went. You know, um, he is a two time All-American from Del Valle. Two time. Two Two time. Former uh, quarterback at uh, Nottingham High School. Once again, we want to thank you for showing up. And uh, just giving us great content for our listeners. So, like he definitely, said, follow definitely. him. We'll put his uh, Instagram page in the description. Um, don't forget, grab you some merchandise on our website, www.theplaymakerpodcast.com. Um, and you can find everything on there, whether it be past episodes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. I'm your co-host, Nikita. Co-host, DJ Bean. Appreciate you again, Steve. Thanks for having me on, guys. We are. So, um, unfortunately, you're a Cowboys fan, but it's not, that's not the point. Uh, the point is, uh, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Um, listen, Pat Mahomes is probably, like, the best talent we've ever seen at the quarterback position. Um, so it's hard to, in my mind, like, separate that from Tom Brady's undeniable, like, just greatness. So uh, I'm looking at talent versus great. I, I, I got to go with, with Tom. Like, I might be wrong, but I'm just looking at it for what it is. Don't like, bet against Tom. I, don't bet against Tom <laughs> is what I've learned, man. And then, like, I, I, I'm just thinking in my heart of hearts, like, even if he doesn't lose, he's already accomplished something so unbelievable. Ten Super Bowls, I mean, that's almost half my life he spent playing Super Bowl games. So it's just crazy. But, um, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go. Tom and Tampa. I'm not a betting man, but 
I follow some pages. 85% mm. of the bets are on the Chiefs to win. So of course. that tells me you should bet on Tom bet Brady on Tom. and the Bucks to win. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't with, say that because I'm, I'm not a bet. Bucks. What's your team? Go ahead. I mean, my sorry, team. not your team. I'm not, not the Cowboys. <laughs> not, I'm not your team. Who you got winning? My bad. I'm sorry. Cowboys. So, like I said, I, I can't bet against Tom, so I think they're going to win. And wow. it's just crazy because as, Tom, as a player, like he's the GOAT. Yeah. Um, but okay. Besides that, it's like, ah, when he was on the Patriots, I hated when they won. But now he's going, he went, what is he in? Yeah, I don't know. AFC, NFC now? NFC now. NFC now. I still so, don't know the difference. So he's like he's LeBron. He's going from one one conference teams. to the next and, and still winning. Yeah. They're different levels. You go ahead. It's and different I, levels. It's similar, though. I mean, like, think about it. Like, they've both been to a ridiculous amount of championship games, mm-hmm. regarding finals, uh, Super Bowls, whatever. But, like, like you said, bro, like that's that's incredible that they've spent more than half of their careers playing for championships. Like that's what it's yep. about, right? Like as yep. an athlete, like you're competing for titles, you're competing to win. And we've seen two guys like just non like. I don't non-stop. think they'll get the respect until both of them retire. Of course. And that's sad because like LeBron, like you look at year eighteen, he's just been again great yeah, as younger. usual. <laughs> Looking like he's getting <laughs> sure. younger, right? Yeah. But like people are gonna look back and be like, damn, like like you're 18. I we took been we took LeBron for granted. I think Big we'll time. be able to say we took LeBron for granted. Big time. You want to go? Nah, he like the Washington football team. They're on the rise <laughs> though. Disrespecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't care. Oh no, nah, I'm going with Tom. Oh, you going with Tom too? Yeah. Everybody going with Tom but me? You? Oh. Um, man. before I start, um, just want to say it's, it's been three years three since years my since Eagles won the, since my <laughs> Eagles won a Super Bowl. Um, for a uh, Super Bowl the in a, you know in a, in a social media area. I'm tired you, know, of um, you got enough throwbacks. Ain't y'all Super Bowls on like cassettes? Uh, <laughs> hey, that's hey. not the point. The I'm about point to cut is, your mic off. The point. The point is, <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs' explosive mm-hmm. offense. Um, I feel like if the if the Bucks can't get any type of pressure on Mahomes, I'm mm-hmm. talking about pressure that he throws the ball away, Chiefs not pressure that he's not pressure that he gets to mm-hmm. his spot that he want to throw to down the field he's, to um, <laughs> to uh, Kelsey or uh, JPP MVP. Yeah, if they if they don't if they don't get no pressure on Mahomes, I think it's going to be a long oh, night for, sure. for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if they get any type of pressure on Mahomes and he throws the ball away or maybe some of those short passes but it's gonna be it's tough gonna be a good game. because they're gonna put pressure on tom and we know we've been watching tom brady for his whole career when you put pressure on him he's not as effective as he is if you just let him be in a pocket but it's gonna be a good game. so i have the I uh so. chiefs yeah. winning That's 31 are we giving predictions 31 what <sighs> 31 14 Stop wow. disrespecting Tom like that. Yo, come Warren, on, that's, that's a crazy, that's a cra- that's a crazy <laughs> score, isn't it? I think it's going to be more high score 31 than that. My, my prediction, 38, 38, 31. 38, 31. I thought this is a safe place. So now it's not a safe place to say my score? 31, 14. We heard you, bro. That ain't it. They're going to get mad pressure on Tom. He's going to throw three interceptions. This on my heart. And when it happens, y'all going to tell me. Y'all going to appreciate me? I can't be cool with you, Tom. Three interceptions. And God, nah, like, he, he did that last week. Uh, yeah. 30, 34, 30, <laughs> 31. 31. I'm going Bucks. Okay. I think it's going to be, be high scoring. It's going to be close. But, like, the difference to me is, like, as much as we're talking about how explosive the Chiefs' offenses, you got to talk about how explosive the Bucks' defense, defense is. Yeah. Like, those, Lately. those two linebackers in Levante David and Devin White are probably sideline to sideline some of the best we've seen in the last five years. I agree. Years. Um, in the middle. JPP been playing they, great. Uh, JPP had a, had a uh, Pro Bowl year. Nobody mm-hmm. talks about him because he mm-hmm. got hurt. But Vita Vea, the, uh, mm-hmm. the interior lineman, the interior, he has yeah. been one of the top graded guys in PFF. 
the last two years. And then on the back end, they got Antoine Winfield Jr., Legereus Sneed. Mm. Like, they're tough back there, and they're yeah. young. Yeah, they've been, playing, they've been playing defense very well lately. But, you know, I think that Chiefs offense, man. I it's just different. Think it's, it is it's different. different. It's it different. different. I yeah, think yeah, you yeah. see it on tape, you're like, man, that's crazy. But you watch it, I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Maybe my prediction is a little extra. I like to stir the pot. She just wants to see Tom <laughs> yeah, get blown out. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to. Y'all, everybody picked Tom, so I just felt it was my obligation to pick. All right, we got three Bucks picks, one Chiefs pick. Yeah, one Chiefs. But I really want the Bucks bets? to win. Is that crazy? You want any bets? You just said you want. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wait, you just said you want to Hey, man, the Bucks yeah, going to win the, the, hey, the, Bucks Bucks win the Super Bowl. Shout out to Steve right. again for kicking it Let's with us. Yeah. <laughs> Visit our website at theplaymakerpodcast.com and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.